Hi, this is Tracy. And Carissa. Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast. We're just two girls who have been best friends for 28 years. We grew up next door to each other with no idea the journey God would lead us on, changing our lives forever. We hope to empower you as you discover your God-given identity by loving you, our neighbor, as Christ loved the church. This is Carissa and Tracy, and welcome to our Next Door Neighbors podcast. Um, So today is a very special episode on marriage, part of our Hood series. So last week we did singlehood, this week is marriagehood, so Tracy's going to take us away um, and teach us on some marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) I just want to pre-warn, I will probably cry because I've already been crying when I was talking to Carissa earlier, um, but it's okay. I'll get through. We'll make it through. She's and... anointed. It's the anointing. <laughs> I don't know. I have like a crying anointing. I really do. So <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so I just want to start with saying this is my story and this is my perspective although I will include the truth of the scripture, but I think this subject marriage is shaped a lot by your childhood, by um, belief systems, even um, religious beliefs, even uh, the way scripture might've been twisted. Even it can affect the way you marriage. Um I just thought, I think it's important to say that before I go in because, I mean, I'm coming from my Tracy perspective and what I've been through, um, and I'll share that a little bit. So, um, I also told Carissa, I felt in my story you'll hear, um, I didn't have like a, I waited till I was married, met the God guy, and then we got married and waited till marriage to have sex. Um, my story is different. And so again, I'm coming from that perspective, but I feel like there's a lot of people that I meet that have kind of the same thing. They got married and then they got saved and then their spouse either isn't following the Lord or, or they are, but they're not like as on fire as them. And I just feel like this podcast is kind of going to minister a lot to that. Um, who knows? It may not, but I just have that feeling because um, it's tough. It's tough when you're in that situation and it can even be lonely. So even though you're married. So, um, but yeah, I, I first want to start with saying like, I grew up in a divorced home. I was four years old when my parents got divorced. So I never had a good example of a marriage to look at. Um, I saw my parents when they did speak to each other, I mean, I don't even remember them being married, if I'm honest, but when I saw them communicate, it was a lot of yelling, a lot of uh, just, they were mad at each other. So there was never a whole wholeness in a marriage that I saw or a good example of it. Um, And so uh, fast forward to when I met Ryan again, I was, I think I was 22 when I met him. Um, and I, we didn't know Jesus. 
I was crazy. I had just broken up <clears throat> with a, my ex-boyfriend, like, I think oh, maybe two weeks before I met Ryan. So I wasn't even done, like, truly healing from that. And I got introduced to him by a client. I did hair, and a, one of my clients, um, she's like, I have this guy. He's an engineer going to school for engineering, and he's really nice, and he's cute. Would you like to meet him? And, and of <laughs> course, I was like, sure. And then I was like, he sounds way too good to be true, though. But I was like, all right. And I don't, I think I had MySpace and I gave her, I did have MySpace. And I was like, here's my MySpace and my phone number. <laughs> and so I wrote it on the back of my um, hairstyling card. And Ryan still to this day has that card in his truck. It's cute that he keeps that. But so anyways, we, he called me and I think we talked like a couple times before we actually went on a date and. Um, he showed up at my apartment, um, uh, which nowadays I'm like, that's kind of creepy. This was 12 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> like 12 years ago we met. So, but he showed up at my apartment and I, I, I remember I opened the door and I smiled. I was like, hi, like, and he was smiling back. And then we went to like, I think Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. That's where we went. We shared a blooming onion <laughs> and then, um, we went after that to a bar, and then after that, we went to his friend's house, and they were smoking weed, and I had, I was like, what are they doing? Like, I don't smoke weed, but it was just crazy. That whole night was crazy, and then he, he came over back to my apartment, and I could tell he, like, wanted to stay, and I was like, you can stay on my couch. Like, you're not sleeping <laughs> in my bed. Um, so, I mean, even though I wasn't, like, in the Lord, I wasn't trying to like just throw myself out there either because I had been in a three-year relationship before that and another three-year relationship before that so I was a relationship long-term relationship kind of girl um but anyways we so that day forward we started dating um and it was messy like there was a lot of mess involved in that beginning like I went back to my ex I think a week or two into dating Ryan which was pretty messed up. It was messed up. Um, and then we had, like, just random issues. I don't know if I want to go into all that because it's a lot. Um, and we're talking about marriage. But so just to let you know, my our foundation was a little bit rocky, I'll just say. Um, and I remember we were dating two years in. And I remember sitting on our couch. We lived together. And I said to Ryan, I said, I don't want to just date forever I'm not gonna wait around forever and so I basically like told him like you you have to like we're either gonna get married or not kind of thing give him that ultimatum I did I did so most girls don't I know but I was like I had already done it six years with two other guys that I was like I am young still and if he doesn't want to be married after two years if he doesn't know then I'm done um so that day actually after that he started looking at rings <laughs> so I always tell Ryan I'm like I had to force you into marrying me <laughs> like but because he had like this whole plan of like we'll wait five years and then we'll get married and I'm like I'm not doing that like that's too no so so anyways we we were on a cruise when we got engaged and he proposed to me on the cruise um and the way he proposed was, like, when we lived together, 
again, you, I'm not saying you should live together before you're married. Again, I did not know Jesus. He didn't know Jesus either. But he would always put toothpaste on my toothbrush in the morning. So, like, he came as in the cruise, like, he put toothpaste on my toothbrush, and he put the ring around the toothbrush. And he comes through, and he says, we've been doing this for two years. I want to continue to do it for the rest of our, our lives. Will you marry me? <laughs> and so as cute as that sounds like just being real I had just woke up my contacts were out I could barely see and I was like kind of take it back I was like what like this is <laughs> what do you do like I didn't know what was going on so it sounds all cute and it was cute it was very thoughtful but like I was taken back but of course I said yes so we got engaged um it was cute but and then we were I, we took a year to plan our wedding. And Carissa, you probably remember, like, there was a time, I think it was you and Trudy, my sister, um, where I was like, I don't know if I should get married. Because we were going through, like, a lot of stuff that year. My mom got in a wreck. I found out Ryan was texting a girl at his work, like, and hanging out a little bit with her. So it was rocky. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember there was a point in our engagement. I said, we either go to marriage counseling or I'm not getting married because I'm not. I told him, I said, I'm not marrying somebody that's like my dad because my dad cheated on my mom. And I was like, I'm not going into it like this. So he went and found a counselor. We went to marriage counseling or premarital. It's not marriage counseling. We weren't married. Um but do you remember me, like, I think it was at Trudy's apartment. Like It I was, was, yeah, so we had gone to the 4th of July thing at my parents' church, and we had gone back to Trudy's house after, I think, to smoke weed, actually, but <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, I probably. It was, Ryan was on his bachelor trip at the time, like, in the mountains or something with the guys, and, or camping or something like that, and I remember you started crying, and... Trudy and I like I don't even remember like what we said but I just remember there was just a lot of you could tell there was just hurt and some confusion on like what to do yeah and just the second thoughts but I mean clearly the the pain was visible um because I mean you loved him and you still do but yeah yeah. but the yeah my trust was broken like it was hard so we went to marriage counseling, and I remember, or premarital, I keep saying marriage, you know what I mean, premarital counseling, and I remember, like, we were going, and the lady's like, there's nothing wrong, like, but there, she's like, you have, she told me, she's like, you have to decide, you either forgive him and move on, or you leave him, and I remember her saying that to me, and I was like, she's right, like, I have a choice, <laughs> and So I was like, no, I don't want to lose Ryan. Like, I felt like we had, even though all the crap happened, because I was not innocent. Like I said, I went back to my ex and and counseling, all that came out of, like, why he was, it was like a revenge thing back on me. It was crazy. We were crazy. Um, Y'all were just clueless. We were, and we didn't know God. So we were just, and he came from a divorced family as well when he was five. So both of us came from broken, like, past you know and we weren't healed or whole so (laughs) we were crazy but um we got married um we ended up still getting married and 
I mean, it took a while for that trust to kind of heal back and come back for me. Um, Because once that trust is broken, it's hard to get back. So anyways, we got married. We got pregnant. We knew we wanted to get pregnant pretty quick with a kid because we wanted to be young parents. So married at 25. I think I had Atticus at 26. Um, And then I remember after Atticus was born was when I came to know the Lord. And that's when everything changed for me. Like, because... In the past, I had put Ryan on the pedestal. He was he was kind of what I worshipped. And, and I think that's why I was so broken, too, when my trust was broken with him. is because I put him on such a high pedestal where God should have been. Um, that when it came to, like, him breaking that, it really crushed me. And so, with um, when I came to know Christ, it was like an instant switch went off and I was like, seriously, a new creation. Like I didn't want to smoke weed anymore. I was all about Jesus now as a wife. Like I went, <laughs> like he probably was like, where did Tracy go? <laughs> um, and I just remember like him going to where he should have been in the first place is like my husband and God being first. And that was such a weird transition like in my heart and just in my emotions and everything to the point I was like we're so different now like what do I do um and I remember being in a bible study I was like should I get a divorce like because I feel like we're so different now um and I remember them telling me no you know (laughs) like and I was referred to the scripture that says um I have it written down let me see Okay, let me see. Do you have anything to add while I'm looking for this verse, Carissa? Um, not yet. Okay. I, I don't feel not like yet. it goes okay. with like what you're talking about, but um, I'm trying to find it. I think this is it. It's First Peter three, uh, one through four. It looks like. Um, and now let me speak to the wise. Be devoted. Let me make sure. Hold on. Nope, this isn't it. <laughs> I'll talk. I'll talk while you look for it. Okay. <laughs> um, I can say that I remember when Tracy was walking through this period of time, like just trying to navigate through marriage and um, her husband not being a believer. Like I remember, like just when she was questioning, like, do I divorce him? Like, how, how to handle her marriage? And, like, you know, because no one wants to walk away from their marriage, and she really loved him. But when you're wa- – like, first of all, she had a radical encounter with the Lord, and it was, like, no looking back for her. So it was such a new thing for her that it was, like, she just didn't really know what to do. And so I feel like in those situations, like, I think it was very fruitful for her to have even been surrounded by the right community – to give her sound biblical advice and not worldview, like we talked about last week of, yeah, you should divorce him. Like, it's just not going to work, you know? Um, And so I just think it goes back to biblical principle and surrounding yourself with the right accountability with like actual biblical mindsets. Yeah. Okay. I found it. Okay. So it's 1 Corinthians 7, um, 
10 through 16. To the married, I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever, this is the part, and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever, and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would not be unclean, but at, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. How for how do you know wife whether you will save your husband or how do you know husband whether you will save your wife so those scriptures were like my lifeline during that time because I was like you know Ryan never wanted a divorce for me I was the one questioning like what do I do um and I I clung to those scriptures of like if they want to stay you stay and how do you know you won't bring them to the Lord and I just remember like I didn't even know what declaring his promises were, but that was like a declaration of promise that I was declaring and not even knowing it. And so I, I clung to that saying, you know what, God, like you said this, I believe it. And it was hard. Like I remember with Ryan, cause he was an atheist. He did, he didn't believe in God at all. Um, and I just remember like crying for him. I was like, you just need to go. You, you're going to go to hell. Like I was very at first, very like not the right way of doing it, telling him what he needed to do. Um, and I remember Holy Spirit one day rebuked me and he said, I did not, I called you to love him and you are not Holy Spirit to him. And it was like, ouch, but it was true because I think um, sometimes as wives, like we think we just know everything or better. And um, I just remember like the Lord told me to love him. He's like, I didn't call you to change him. I didn't call you to do any of that. I called you to love him. And so that was like a, it was like a powerful like surrender of like, you know what? You're right. I don't need to control the situation. I, I can only win him to the Lord by the way I react, the way I'm acting, what the fruit of my, like he sees me changing. And so I I started to kind of sh- oh, sorry, somebody called. Let me stop um trying to you know change him and let the Lord do that. Um and then I this scripture, I laugh at it, but it's so true. And this is what I was doing, Proverbs 27, 15 through 16. Uh, English Standard Version, a continual drip on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's right hand. And it's like saying basically like it's it's like annoying when you're constantly bothering them, you know, to a, a husband. Um, but anyway, so fast forward. So my son Atticus had a seizure, um, a febrile seizure, and I didn't know at the time because I remember I had prayed. I had other people praying for Ryan to, you know, come to Jesus. And I didn't know when my son had a seizure that on the way 
to come home to me and my son on the floor. Like the paramedics were there to get it. Like we were having to go to the hospital that Ryan and his was talking like he, he said he realized in that moment that there was something bigger than him because he said he couldn't control the situation. And I didn't know it would take my son having a seizure for him to start realizing like there might be a God. (laughs) Um, And I hate, I hate that my son had to have a seizure, but if that's what it took, I'm, I think God, that verse that says he will work all things together for the good. Like that is what happened. Um, So Ryan started after that, he started to really, and, and I think Atticus was like one at that time. Um, He started to kind of be like, all right, maybe there is a God. And I won't say he like came to Jesus that day, but it, it started the process for him of like, God kind of wooing him and working on him. Um, And so we were, I think, I remember too, like being at church. I think I might have mentioned this last episode. Like I would go to church with my son by myself because Ryan didn't want to go. But I was like, I'm going to serve God no matter what. Like even if Ryan never comes, like I still want to go to church and raise our kids. And that's really hard when you're married to somebody who doesn't have the same beliefs. That's why last episode I reiterated the uh, don't be unequally yoked, like especially in a marriage, because it is so hard. Like I felt like a single mom bringing my son to church by myself. And I remember looking at other couples, which you should not do, but it was hard to see like the couples in my discipleship group and, couples around the church that they had godly marriages and their husband was leading and I was like I have to leave my household like it's hard like to look and see where the husband should be leading especially like spiritually and you as a mother are the one leading the household and um which in that case as I was praying about this the Lord reminded me he's our husband so when you're in that situation keeps calling me (laughs) um when you're in that situation where your husband is not leading and the lord is your husband you listen to him um i hate to say it like that you can still honor your husband um but when it comes to like your spiritual walk you listen to your husband the lord in that situation if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense but um but you still honor your husband as a leader and you can honor like I remember Ryan has always been good at like finances and our budget and so I found areas that even when he didn't know Jesus I let him lead in Um, but when it came to godly things like I listened to the Lord Um, and I think the Lord um, honors that I don't know if that makes sense but um so, yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything. I feel like I'm just talking a lot. <laughs> no, I, I'm i learning about I'm marriage terrible. right now. <laughs> Honestly, um, I do think it's beautiful, though, like just one, the scripture that you shared, because I think a lot of people need to hear that because, I mean, again, going back to the beginning with you, like I remember seeing like 
just the confusion and your uncertainty and like what to do. Um, so one, you sharing that scripture, I think is helpful, but also too like, even with your son, like how, how that opened his eyes to the reality of something greater. Um, and even though it was obviously maybe not the ideal circumstance, what you said, how the Lord can turn it around and use it for good. Um, and just being like a witness to the transformation of Ryan, like, I don't know, like it's only the Lord and it's only the Lord through you, um, that you were able to reach your husband, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I do remember at the time, like, I remember in the beginning, you're like, I just feel like I'm nagging him. I'm trying yeah. to force him to like come to church. But when you pulled back in love and just kind of let him see the fruit of your relationship with the Lord, how like almost that started to just draw him in almost naturally. You know, I remember the one time where you told me like he um, he prayed over yeah. supper <laughs> Um, for the first time and how that was like that was huge breakthrough though you know like and to some people it's just like okay like but that's huge you know um because he was so turned off before and he was like you know like he would say like he wasn't a believer but watching his heart open up has been like a really beautiful process to see yeah I I want to add too like I'll I remember during the time of like kind of like he was coming to the Lord and I remember praying about it and the Lord showed me a vision of a turtle and a horse and he's like Ryan is the turtle and you're the horse and I remember thinking he kind of showed me like not all of us are running the race the same you know after Jesus and um and I remember that really helped me because you know I wanted him to be where I was at and it was hard to like like go about our marriage wanting that and the lord that kind of like put me in my place a little bit too of just showing me you're a horse he's a turtle where you're at different paces but that's not bad but then like it was more recent i'd say like a year or so ago um the lord showed me another vision and he showed me two horses this time and he said he's catching ryan up and i was like praise jesus amen (laughs) <laughs> I want to say that to encourage you, like, your your spouse may be on a different pace than you, but trust that the Lord can't even catch him up, um, or her, him or her up, um, because he will, and just, you know, pray for your spouse, love your spouse, let them see the fruit of your fire, and that fire will spread to your household, um, so Yeah. Uh, there was some verses I wanted to read on marriage. Um, Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. This is passion translation. For wives, the, um, this means being supportive to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord. For the husband provides leadership for the wife just as Christ provides leadership for his church as the savior and reviver of the body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let the wives be devoted to their husbands and everything. And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. 
For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does is, is in, does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, excuse me, without fault or flaw. Husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. For this reason, a man is to leave his father and mother and lovingly hold on to his wife since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is beautiful, a beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery, meant to be a vivid example of Christ and his church. So every married man should be gracious to his wife just as he is gracious to himself and every wife should be tenderly devoted to her husband. And I just love those verses because that's what marriage should be. Um, and I love that Jesus, we are as a whole, the body of Christ. Like we are the bride of Christ. He refers us to the bride. Like, and I love that he refers us to a marriage. Um, and the more I'm married, the more I realize what that really looks like. Um, even with my relationship with Jesus, like what covenant looks like, cause that's what marriage is. It's a covenant. Um, and I just, I think like people have taken out a context scripture that says like, this is the passion translation is beautiful. But if you read other translations, it says, um, Basically, it talks about the wife being submissive, and I think that whole thing has kind of had a bad, uh, like, I don't know, like a bad, I don't want to say vibe to it, but it has. It's created this, like, where I see in religion where a man's like, yeah, wives have to be submissive to me, you know, like, and that's not what that scripture saying, because if you go on to read, it says that the husband should lay down his life like Christ did for the church. And I have come to realize that unless the husband is laying down his life for his wife, then it's very hard to submit. <laughs> and um, and I think it's a mutual submission as well in marriage. Like, it doesn't mean, like, one person is greater than the other. It means you both respect each other enough um, to, to honor each other. Um, and I, I also think there is a role of a man that God created to lead. Um, and they, that the man, even in, um, like, even in my marriage, there are things my husband is strong at that he's super good at. Um, like I said, budgeting and, and I go to him with decisions and, um, he, he, even the way he, talks to our children I can tell there's a different authority that God's given him than he gave to me if that makes sense and it's not a he's better than me it's just the role God gave him um and it it's even in uh Adam and Eve like God created Adam first and then he made Eve the woman after Adam to be a helpmate like so that means there's a part of 
the man that is needed and there's a part of the woman and together as one it's the fullness of Christ um and I just think it's beautiful like the picture of we are the bride of Christ and marriage and covenant and how God just displays that all throughout the Bible um so yeah (laughs) that's good um I'll I guess I'll interject real quick um so as like if you're a single and you're waiting on marriage too like just having like the, I should say a single that's a believer and trying to like walk with the Lord through your singleness um it has been so helpful for me to surround myself with friends who are married but are walking with the Lord in marriage um, because I think it produces something in us um, to look forward to in our own marriages and just even seeing like what that should look like from a biblical standpoint so like you know when I see Tracy and Ryan like the amount of respect they have for one another is incredible like that's something that like you know my parents yeah I didn't grow up like with divorced parents or anything, but I didn't see real love in their marriage. Um, I think there were times where I saw love every once in a while, but like, it just always made me question, like, do they really love each other? But like the way that I see Ryan and Tracy, like there's truly a level of respect that I feel like you just don't see. Um, And even just, the way, like, the way Ryan loves Tracy, like, he's not, like, this, yes, he's a leader, but he's not the leader in the sense of he's a control freak, you know, like, he champions her, and he encourages her, and, you know, like, there are times, like, whenever Tracy and I, like, will go on our trips and stuff, sometimes I feel so bad, because I'm, like, he's always, like, willing to just say yes, and let her have, like, her time, you know, Um, with the Lord and with our friends. And I'm just like, what an amazing husband, because I've seen marriages where they're like, no, (laughs) just all the time. No, but he is so supportive of her endeavors and just her heart and the way that she chases after the Lord. Like he encourages it. You know, he never holds her back from going deeper in her relationship with the Lord. And at the same time, like I watched how Tracy serves her husband and how she serves her family. And that's all just, I mean, without the Holy Spirit, she would not be (laughs) able to do that from a place of love. You know, it would seem like chores or like, it would be just a point of like flesh. Like this is what I have to do. But her having the Lord in her heart, it's like, it's not something she has to do or I feel like she doesn't see it as like a chore. It's like, she literally is doing it from a place of love because she loves her husband and she loves her family, but it's also flowing from a place of, because she loves the Lord first, she's able to do these things with like grace and beauty and even take on the role as wife and mom with like, I don't know, like Proverbs 31, like she is a Proverbs 31 woman. She may not like be like the the old version, like where, like, like she hasn't come to the end of her life yet, but (laughs) I just feel like she is well on her way to being that woman where her children are going to look up to her and actually have that honor and respect for her that her own husband portrays. Like he has honor and respect and her kids are seeing that 
and it's like wow like we're we, they're gonna grow up honoring and respecting one adults or just people in their life because of where it's starting in their home you know like they're both setting that example sorry I'm getting into no, like motherhood but thank you I, yeah, <laughs> but it starts in the marriage true. you know and you almost made me cry thank you <laughs> Oh, we, I felt like we, I'm going to read Proverbs 31. Cause honestly, like that's been my prayers. Like, Lord, I want to be the Proverbs 31. Ryan calls me the P31 wife. <laughs> yeah. the P31. Um, but that's my, like, at the end of my life, I want this to be who I am and who I was. Um, gosh, it makes me want to cry, but this is also who we should be. Like, think of it as a twofold. Like, yes, be this kind of wife, but also be the bride of Christ. Like, this is God speaking to us of, like, what the bride of Christ looks like as a whole. Um, so it's a twofold thing. But this is Proverbs. And the Passion Translation, again, is just this verse. Wow. Yeah. It's powerful. So it starts at verse 10. Um, <laughs> whoever... Or who could ever find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Her husband has entrusted her to, or his heart to her, for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. All throughout her life, she brings him what is good and not evil. She searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. She gives out revelation truth to feed others. She is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, carrying it within her. She labors there to plant the living vines. She wraps herself in strength might and power in all her works she tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night she stretches out her hands to help the needy and she lays hold of the wills of government she is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor for she always reaches out her hands to those in need she is not afraid of tribulation for all her household is covered in the dual garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together, a purple gown of exquisite linen. Her husband is famous and admired by all, sitting at, as the vulnerable judge of his people. Even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies. Bold, powerful, and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy at, over the latter days. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household and meets every need they have. Her sons and daughters arise in one accord to extol her virtues, and her husband arises to speak of her in glowing terms. There are many valiant and noble ones, but you have ascended above them all. Charm can be misleading and beauty is vain. And so quickly fades, but this virtuous woman lives in the wonder, all in fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout eternity. So go ahead and give her the credit that is due, for she has become a radiant woman. 
and all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. I just Amen. think that's, Amen. again, a beautiful picture of what a wife should look like. But also, like, as I'm reading that, I feel the church, the bride of Christ, like, we should all, that should be what we look like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I love that version of I love the Proverbs 31 in any version but that version especially is really beautiful of seeing the bride of Christ in it for sure I think also like for me as you're reading I was just seeing it like you know throughout the Bible you hear like I guess how husbands should be or the man should be in the church and I feel like it's just so beautiful that Proverbs 31 is you know part of the scriptures in regards to like we see the model that Jesus sets for the men and how the men should lead in our lives and be husbands and all of that. Um, but now seeing this model of like, as women, you know, like the Lord calls us to rise up. Like we aren't a weak vessel, you know, we, we are called to ministry, like being that wife or the bride of Christ is our ministry, you know, because again, everything's just going to be an overflow of the Lord in us. And like, I don't know, like even the part where you're saying like her sons and daughters arise in one accord to extol her virtues and her husband arises to speak of her in glowing terms, like the husband arising to speak of her in glowing terms, like he's only going to be able to actually do that with like, like his heart posture towards the Lord, because that's him loving her the way Christ loved the church. Like he is calling her up. He is encouraging her. Like he also knows how to be that loving corrector and the protector, like just all of those things. Like he admires her and even her children. Like if you, you know, like you're supposed to raise your children up in the ways of the Lord, you know? And I feel like when you raise them up like that, like they are going to extol you in one accord. They are going to see these virtues in you. Like, I mean, I don't want to say like my parents raised me up like with a biblical example, but I can see now like they raised me, they did raise me to have good morals and I'm the one that chose to run from that. And they did raise me to, you know, have wisdom and think. And um, I ran from that, but I could look back now, especially at my mom and see like how much like, just her prayers alone were so powerful um, because I don't, I just, I don't know. There's something about a praying mom and there's something like when I look at my mom and I also like know, like I know the stuff my mom had to walk through and the pain in her heart and things that she's still walking through, but how much strength that she has and it's only from the Lord, like, and how much she just solely relies on him to get through her day now you know, but, um, I do see her as that virtuous, strong one (laughs) and she's still, she laughs at the days to come. Like, it just almost seems like, even though I know that things are breaking her heart, like how strong she is because the Lord in her and how she does have to just lean on him to get through her days. Um, and I just see this, I don't know, like Tracy, like even as you're reading, I'm like, I'm like, she already is a Proverbs 31 <laughs> woman. Like, she, like, you've just nailed it, like, so beautifully because I've, like, honestly, it's an honor for me to 
as a single to watch you walk out your relationship with the Lord and like where you were when you started out and where you are now. I'm like, you totally are like, and the way your kids like, I mean, they're kids, (laughs) so they're going to have their moments, but the way they, they do respect you and love you. And like, you know, like how Lola, like just your mama, like she wants to be like, she said it before. I want to be like Tracy when I grow up. You know, like your kids, they already look up to you. And that just shows you right there. Like you, you are nailing it. <laughs> Thank you. And as a, I will talk next week about how as moms, it's, you don't feel like you're nailing it though. <laughs> but praise <laughs> Jesus, because I like, seriously, you have to like as a as a wife as a mother you have to be spirit led like he has to be the one leading you in everything like and I'll get into more of that next week as a mom but even in your marriage like there are times I'm like holy spirit what does Ryan need right now and he'll tell me um or holy spirit what do I need to do and I get rebuked by the holy spirit and he'll say apologize to your husband like apologize to Ryan um and that you have to be spirit led in this life, like with everything. Um, and the moments like you were talking about your mom, Carissa, and I know that situation when you're all alone it, in that case. And then even in the beginning of my like when Ryan wasn't walking with the Lord, it's so lonely. And all you can do is cling to the Lord. And he will he will bring you through the storm, though. Like he is your anchor, like the verse says about him being an anchor. He is your anchor when the storms are raging around you. He's your anchor, no matter what, even in not in a marriage, but um, but especially when you're married and it feels like you're so lonely, even though you're in a household, if that makes sense, you are alone, um, but you still have the Lord. And I want to say that because I feel like there might be somebody listening that they're going through a season right now where they're married and they feel lonely. Um and I've been there and I was, I would just encourage you cling to the Lord. You are not alone. Holy spirit is your helper. He's your comforter and he wants you to talk to him. Um, so I'll just leave that. But, um, but the last thing I want to say is I wrote down some little Tracy tidbits of like marriage advice, I guess you could call it. Um, things that have worked and I've seen like Ryan and I have been married nine years now together 12 um it hasn't always been easy but it marriage is a beautiful thing and the more I'm married the more I I realize the beauty of like becoming one with each other um and becoming one with Christ but to the point where like there will be times I know exactly what Ryan's thinking. Like that's how connected you can be in a marriage. <laughs> um, it's crazy. That whole oneness is, it's like literal. Like sometimes I'm like, I know what he wants. I know exactly what he's thinking. It's just crazy. Like the more you grow together, the more, you know, and it's the same with your relationship with Christ. That's why he refers to us as the bride of Christ is because the more you know him, the oneness that you become more like him. And it's, the display of marriage if it's done like the godly if you include god in it it's just like that so anyways here's my advice and then i'll close this out (laughs) um one never go to bed mad and that's scripture 
Uh, Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I, We, Ryan and I, have always promised, like, we won't go to bed mad. And we don't. Like, we'll talk about it or we'll say, I'm not mad at you. I forgive you, but we'll talk tomorrow. I mean, whatever it is, we don't go to bed mad at each other. And I think it's very important um, in a marriage to do that. Number two, communicate with each other. Communication is key. I learned, excuse me, I just burped. I learned early on that men can't read your mind, women. (laughs) They don't get the little, like, what you're saying through your actions. They need you to just come out and be blunt and tell them what you need or what's going on because they can't read your mind. And that is something I think that will save a marriage. (laughs) Like, if you're mad, you need to talk about it. If you're needing something or want a specific gift on your birthday, don't expect your husband to read your mind. Talk to him and tell him what you want. I've just learned that. Uh, Ryan has taught me that. (laughs) Um, Number three, honor and support each other. I think it is um, just important to honor your spouse support them like you said Ryan does for me I do the same for him I've supported him you know I'm his cheerleader he's my cheerleader um we honor one another just respect for one another um those are important things number four allow God to heal your heart and go through deliverance in areas that are needed that's so 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 important Um, especially if you're single, like you have the opportunity now to deal with that stuff before you go into the marriage. Um, cause like I said, we got into it rocky. There was a lot of mess and I had to go through like a year or so of just deep healing, um, for myself. And then Ryan actually went through some healing too and deliverance, um, in those areas. Uh, number five, don't use the D word. Don't ever use divorce as a weapon. We don't even speak about divorce in our house. Like we've determined we're not going there. We don't talk about divorce. That's not an option. Make that not an option when you get married. Um, because I think I've seen where marriages throw it around like it's nothing. I'm like, marriage to me is death. And we're not going to speak death in our house over our marriage. So I don't even, we never use that word. Um, number six, think team, not me, but we, you have to come into a marriage as a team. You're in it together. Like you're going to go through some crap in this life, but you're on a team and it's not the enemy would love to pit you against your spouse. Let me repeat. The enemy would love to pit you against your spouse (laughs) and because they're the closest one to you. They see your flaws. They see everything that no one else sees behind the bedroom, closed door. They see it all. Um, So you have to go into it and keep in mind that you're a team and that you're rooting for each other. Um, That's so important. Number seven, keep your marriage a priority even over your kids. That is important. Like, you can never put your kids first. You can never put your job first. You can never put even ministry first. Your marriage is important. God first, of course. He's your first priority. But never put the marriage is your second priority. And then your kids. Like, because once the kids are out of the house, your marriage is still going to be there. 
So if you're not working on your marriage while the kids are there, you're not going to have a marriage when they leave. Um, eight, never stop dating. I think it's hard. Like, I'm in a season where it's hard to, like, go on a date, but we're really trying, like, to go on a date <laughs> without the kids. Um, that's important that you never stop dating, even when you're married. Um it just rekindles the fire. You get to talk one-on-one. It's just very, very important. Nine, find your strengths and your and weaknesses. So when you know, like I said, you'll know your spouse's flaws. They'll know yours. But there is strengths in each one of you that, like I said, Ryan's really good at finances. I'm really good at, like, getting the kids' clothes ready and and organizing events and there's just certain things that we know we're better at and we let each other lead in those areas and that's the mutual submission right there is like knowing I'm not trying to compete with you we just know our we our weaknesses and our strengths and we honor one another in leading those areas um number 10 wives let your husband lead even if it does Even if he doesn't know Jesus, there's still things he is good at, which I touched on earlier. Like, even if your husband doesn't know the Lord, like there were, like Ryan was always a good man. Even without the Lord, I will say that. And Carissa, you even said that, like, he let me go to events and stuff. But there were areas still when the Lord, when he didn't know the Lord, the Lord told me to honor him and let him lead in. And so Find those things. Find the good and praise it, as my grandma would say. (laughs) Um, Eleven, forgive and apologize. This is so important. Like, pride will make you not want to forgive or apologize. But apologizing more than forgiving is, both are equally as important. But, like, your pride will come down when you go to your spouse and say, I'm sorry. Um, and that's important in a marriage. You have to learn to forgive easy and fast and apologize for your mistakes. Um, number 12, your marriage comes before any other family relationship. That means your mama, your data, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> your marriage comes before your other family members. Like it says in the Bible, that you're to leave your mother and father, the husband, is to leave his mother and father and cling to his wife. That means y'all are a family unit now, above that other family. So never prioritize your other family before your marriage and your spouse. Um, 13, consult God and one another on decisions before making them. My God, I had to learn that. Like, Don't just make a decision without talking to your spouse and also pray about it before you even make a decision. Like both of you pray about it. Or if it's something like you feel called to do, pray to God. And I've had situations where I felt called to something and, and I prayed about it. I felt like I was, God said, yes. And Ryan said, I don't think that's a good idea. And in that instance, I honored him and didn't do it. And the Lord honored me for that. So you will have times where your spouse doesn't come into agreement with what you feel like God's calling you to do or doing something. And if you honor your husband in that, I believe the Lord still honors you in that situation. And it's not like a right or wrong. And that really comes from when your spouse knows the Lord, too. I think I don't know. That's a whole different thing. But um, 14, have sex. 
and stay connected. This is important. <laughs> like you <laughs> men are wired. They are wired to be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> Even if they're not multiplying. And we as women, like it's it's easy as a wife, like it's easy as a mom when you're tired, like you don't wanna have sex. I'm just being real. But it's so important that you keep connected because there's been times like Ryan and I are like tense with each other, but then we have sex and it's like it all goes away. Like there is something, there's deliverance in sex in a marriage. (laughs) I swear. So keep the bedroom, like you have to keep that a priority because it's it's just how we were made. (laughs) I need you to share that at my wedding. That's so funny. But um. And I think as men, like, there's never a moment Ryan wouldn't say, let's do it. But for women, it's a little harder. Like, we really are like the crock pot and the men are like the microwave, like, <laughs> when it comes to sex. So, but keep that, keep that a priority. Um, number 15, take vacations if you can afford it. I really think vacations are like a good getaway um, just to get out of your house, to, to enjoy where you're going with one another it's just fun I like vacations we like vacations um number 16 pray read your bible and worship together if your spouse won't then you still do so pray together read your bible together worship together but if your spouse isn't on that page you still need to do it yourself (laughs) like Um, And this is not a priority list. Like, these aren't by, like, which you should do first. This is just a list. So, um, and that, you want to know the Lord, keep the Lord at the forefront of everything. Like I said, your life has to be spirit-led in everything you do. Um, 17, budget and talk about spending and finances. This was hard for me in the beginning of our marriage because I was used to just buying what I wanted spending what I wanted and when Ryan's like we need a budget I I was like bucking up against him I'm like I'm not being controlled because the way I looked at money was like a control and the Lord really worked on me with that he's like that's an idol for you and that's a false sense of security that you got from your childhood that you need to let go and I'm telling you when you budget there's something like freeing about it knowing where your money's going and not that you're going to recklessly spend it all and Ryan feels better too that we're doing it so it's all good but I think finances are a main concern in marriage problems and so you have to be upfront and honest with your money how you spend even in the beginning of the marriage even when you're considering married I would talk about it like hey uh because we do we don't hide anything we don't have separate accounts like some people do I I think that's a breach in your trust honestly like why do you need a separate account? That that doesn't make sense. Like, you should be one with each other and everything. So, yeah, talk about your finances, budget, um, clear communication on that. It's important. 18, marriage takes work and effort. Be willing to put both into it. So, yes, marriage does take work. It's not easy. Uh, it takes effort. You're going to have to do things you don't want to. There's times like Ryan will just push a certain weight when I can't or vice versa. And it's like, again, you're in a team together. You're working together. 
So it should never be like, oh, I do more than you. You should never look at it like that. You should, you should serve one another. Um, and yeah, so yeah, 19. When things are tough, push through. Their, your marriage is going to go through tough seasons. Like you're going to have like where, I mean, things just go crazy in life and, or in your marriage and you have to push through it and know that what the goal of it is, is like, you're in a marriage, you're in a covenant, you're not leaving this thing. You're going to fight for it. Um, and you're going to push through those hard moments and rely on God to get you through it. Um, number 20, keep God first and never put your spouse in the position Jesus, Jesus should be in. Again, this should be like number one, but keeping God first and loving God first, it's not a like, your spouse shouldn't be, actually, they should be jealous the way you love God, I guess. But you can only love because you know God's love. So you can't even love your spouse unless you love God first and you, he loves you and you have to receive his love to know how to love. So yeah, put him first, keep him first and never, I don't like, don't ever put your spouse above God. Um, <clears throat> 21 set goals. I think it's important. Like Ryan and I, every January we have this marriage box, we call it that somebody gave us. And we sit down at the beginning of the year and we say, what's our goal this year? Or what are our goals? And we'll write them in this box. And um, every year we like see if we made the goal. And usually we do. It's pretty cool. But I think it's it's a good thing to like set goals. Um, and I don't know. It's just a good thing. 22, don't talk bad about your spouse to others. Always talk about them as if they were there this is important. Like, don't go to your friend saying stuff about my man didn't do this, my husband. No, that's not right. Like you should talk about your spouse. Even if it's like you're going through stuff, if he were in the room, would you say what you said? Just like with a friendship, like we talked about, like talk about them in honor with others. Um, 23, guard your thoughts and mind and your heart because I'm telling you, the enemy hates marriage. He hates covenant. He knows there's generations affected by it, even when you have children. So if he can try to come in that marriage, if he sees a little weasel way in, he will try to get in. So if you struggle with, you know, lust or whatever, guard your your heart, your mind, your thoughts, um, all of that because it's it could potentially destroy marriage if you let it go too far, and it's important. Um, know your struggles. Know um, how to put up guardrails. And number four, don't put yourself in a position that could potentially destroy your marriage. And I'm talking like a male-female relationship where I don't believe when you're married you should have an opposite-sex friendship. Um, I don't think it's possible. I think it's, uh, I've never seen it done where it doesn't lead to something more. So maybe it can happen. But for me, in our marriage, we just have drawn the line of like, we don't have friends of the opposite sex unless they're like a married couple that we know, but we're not going to be texting. I'm not going to text Ryan's friend separately and have conversations with him. We would do it as a couple kind of thing, if that makes sense. But it's important to set up guardrails and not be 
like put yourself in positions where you're alone with a a person of the opposite sex just because it could I don't know the enemy like I said he hates marriage so any way he can weasel and he will try <laughs> um and that's it so those are my tidbits for you and my marriage advice <laughs> Tracy's tidbits yeah. <laughs> so. that would be coming out in her no. book in about a year <laughs> Those those are just things that have worked for us over nine years of marriage, 12 years of being together, and kind of what I've learned. So take it or leave it. <laughs> Tracy's going to oh, be my marriage geez. counselor when I get oh married, gosh. y'all. For real, man. I am not going to know what to do. Well... <laughs> But it's going to be good. You'll be like, Chris, I stop being mean. I might, I might say that. But <laughs> trust me when Holy Spirit will rebuke you too, though. Like, Oh, yeah. Geez. He already does. That's why you got to live spirit-led life in all areas. Because he will rebuke you when you are wrong. And you need to listen. So <laughs> Learn right. to humble yourself. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Can I just throw out a little bit of encouragement for the singles waiting on marriage and then you can pray us out. Um, I know I said this in our singlehood series, but just a reminder, like to not be discouraged if you're not married or engaged or you don't even have a boyfriend, like God has that person for you. And so like in your singleness, use this time to allow the Lord, like become a bride of Christ, like let him work on your character, let him work on your heart and let him prepare you for who he has for you, whether that be your husband or your wife, like just lean into the Lord. So that way, when you do enter into your marriage, you're going to be able to love well. Um, yeah. And I would just encourage at least the ladies to read all of Song of Solomon and it, passion translation if possible just because it is such a beautiful just seeing what it is to be the bride of Christ and have your heart long for him before you long for a spouse so amen yes amen (laughs) um all right I'll pray us out so father I just thank you for today I thank you for the podcast God I just pray that um anything that was said today if it was supposed to touch someone's heart today and just maybe a perspective was shifted today lord i thank you for that god i ask holy spirit that you would uh strengthen marriages god strengthen the godly marriages um because we need more god we need more godly marriages to be an example to the generation to the world god and i pray for the spouses that are um waiting on their husbands to just come to you lord that they would not give up on praying for them that um, they would just contend and be like the woman in the verse that kept knocking at your door asking God, um, but in the meantime, loving their spouse well, God. Show them and lead them how to love their spouse well, how to not nag, um, how to support them, and how to let them lead in the areas that they're they're good at, God. I just pray that you'd strengthen even um, just the women, God, that are I just feel there's going to be women listening to this that they're going through in marriage, like just issues of wanting their spouse to be on the same page. So, Lord, comfort their hearts, um, protect their hearts, God. 
Um, I come against the plans of the enemy against marriage, God, that you would just um, release a shield of protection over the homes, God, over their marriage, over their kids, God, that you would just protect them. Um, I thank you that you have uh, what no man can put apart what you put together, God. So I just pray that these marriages would be strengthened, that you would just come in a new way, in a fresh way into marriages, God, that you would be with the hearts of the of the single ones listening, God, that they would just um, go to you in preparation for marriage. The, the ladies in waiting, God, the men in waiting that are waiting for their spouse, that you would just show them what it means to be a good spouse, even before they're married, married God, that you would um, show them what it means to be the bride of Christ first and foremost, even in a marriage, what that looks like, God. And I just thank you for all of our listeners. I thank you that um, you're working in hearts and marriages, God. I just pray peace. I pray healing um, and protection over them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we will see y'all or y'all hear us in two weeks. Yeah, and the next one's on, I was about to say on childhood. <laughs> on <And> motherhood. Childhood, <laughs> probably too. <laughs> hey, maybe we could add right. that. Right, we got this hood series going on, childhood. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs>